0: Don't forget to grab your copy of my book, Upwork Essentials, which will teach you how to start getting clients on Upwork in three days or less. It normally sells for $32 over on Amazon, but you can get a free digital copy when you go to myjohn.us slash essentials. Again, that's myjohn.us slash essentials. Hey, it's John here. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode 433, believe it or not. I wanted to take a minute and talk to you guys a little bit more about this idea behind Friday Night Essence because I think some people hear it. The idea itself, the concept itself is admittedly simple. And I think some people hear it and start to get into what it is and what you're doing and so forth and kind of go, yeah, 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 I've heard all of that before, etc. But I really want to try to impress upon you the importance of this and how it really, it's the key, it's the center point, It's it's the focal point of having real, true, not just success as a freelancer, I think that's maybe the distinction, it's not just success. It's not that you can't have success without understanding what your your essence, your Friday night essence, what you're meant to do uh, is. You can, but it's always going to be limited. And I think the f- the flip side of that is, if you're someone, and I get emails from people about this a lot, if you're someone who's dealing with procrastination, if you're dealing with a lack of motivation, if you you're trying to pursue this life and this career. Uh, that you see that you want for yourself. This is this actually goes back to me moving uh, from my 2,000 square foot house and building a tiny home and all this stuff because in my head I had built up the idea that what I wanted was stuff. I wanted a big house. I wanted a nice car. I wanted a house uh, that was in a good neighborhood. We live We were like literally on the backside of the school. You crossed the street and there was a little sidewalk. Uh, that you walked up and the school was right there. We lived in a really good neighborhood, big house, nice car. That's what I had built up in my head that it was the, the thing that I really wanted because I had grown up, I basically grew up in a, a trailer home, right? So uh, in my head, it was all about stuff until I actually got the stuff. And what I realized, it was, it was all empty. Uh, it, it wasn't what I was was really after, and that put me down a path of, Re-evaluating everything in my life and realizing that having a big home—we had a two-thousand-square-foot home that we barely used half of it. I was thinking of stuff, trying to think up stuff to put in the basement of that house. And you know, we had it was three bedrooms, two baths and my boys were almost never in their room because they had a little setup down in the basement that they were always at you know with their video games and all of their toys and that that stuff so they were almost never in their room we had a whole other third room because they liked to be in the same room together we had a whole other third room that just didn't get used because there was <laughs> uh, nobody to put in there at the time you know, you know, my wife had her little space in the living room that she liked to be in. I had my computer set up and some TV set up downstairs, but it was like we were using maybe seven, 800 square feet of that house. And then now I'm paying this this large mortgage payment, which I could afford, but it was like I was paying for all this extra space. It was like, what what's the point? And it's not making me happy. I'm trying to think of stuff to put in into it. And so again, what I'm getting at is I thought, that my dream life, what I really wanted in life was stuff. And again, what I found out, having got the stuff, is that's not really what I wanted. Actually, what I wanted was on a day-in, day-out basis to to do things that I enjoyed and to have the things I uh, did on a daily basis have meaning, have impact with other people, right? So it became about what I was actually doing to make money and make my livelihood that mattered, not the fact that I actually made money and the livelihood and the stuff that I was able to get uh, because of that. And so that's what I really want to kind of like get back to is if you're in your head thinking that you're going to go, you're going to work this job and you're going to do this stuff that you don't necessarily like, but it's more marketable, it's more profitable, I'm going to make more money, it's more stable, you're making a, a more logical calculation, so to speak, um, and the point of doing all that is so you can have a nice life. And the the vision, the version of nice life that you're looking at involves you having stuff. Like, I believe, I know we're all different, but I believe that when you actually get there, you're going to feel empty. It's not going to be what you thought. And that actually the key to being happy is making the thing that you do, the thing that, something that you love, your essence, and making that your living. And sure, you might make, you know, you might feel like you're going to make less money doing that. I'll talk about why that's not necessarily the case. But even if you did make less money, you would still be happy because you're doing what you love day in and day out and you enjoy it. And so I think that's where a lot of people get caught up is their vision of the kind of life that they want is off and don't realize that it's actually about what you do day in and day out. And That's why that's like the first reason why figuring out your essence, your Friday night essence, what you were meant to do, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use to describe it, why that is so important, uh, because it's actually what is going to make you happy. The flip side of that, just from a practical point of view, is that as long as you're not doing that thing that really makes you happy, that you really enjoy, that is your downstream focus then you're always going to be swimming upstream, focus, motivation, uh, clarity. You're going to be swimming upstream when it comes to those things because your mind does not want to think about what you're doing. right? It wants to think about something else. It wants to get to the weekend. It wants to get to the end of the day. And, and so it can do and think about other things that are more important to it. And so you're always going to deal with procrastination, uncertainty, lack of motivation. Those are always going to be a problem. And so what happens is that limits your potential. So the, again, the mistake people make in their thinking is they say, well, this, this thing is, is more marketable. It's more pro- profitable. It's more practical. It's something that I, can, you know, I, I know better or whatever. And they're looking at the potential of it. Right. I can get more clients, I could get more customers, etc., doing this thing. And it's all about potential. And what I constantly try to remind you is that you still have to actually get hired. You actually have to deliver. You have to perform. So you have to actualize that potential. And the problem comes in is procrastination, lack of motivation, uncertainty, lack of focus, all of those things are a constraint on how you can perform, which limits how much of that potential you actualize, okay? So if your potential is just give it a number, say it's 100 and you're actualizing at 50, you're actually only getting 50% of, you're only getting 50 as a result. Whereas if you pick something that you truly love and the potential is 70, so it's lower than the other thing, but you actualize 100% of it, you're actually getting more result. So that's like the basic math behind it but that's the idea here. And so you have to pay attention to those constraints and you have to realize and, and really dig in and figure out what it is that you're naturally motivated to do. And so downstream focus is one way to do that. That's why I talk uh, I've talked about that here recently. Downstream focus, the thing that your mind naturally sort of gravitates towards. So again, I'll use myself and as uh as an example. You know, I naturally gravitate towards Teaching, doing these podcasts, doing courses, doing learning new things, and then learning what I, 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 uh, uh, taking what I learn and teaching that to other people in a way that is impactful for them. That's where my mind naturally goes. And it's taken me a while to figure that out um, because I've gone through things that were fun and exciting, like learning web development, uh, as an example. That was fun because I was learning uh, a new thing. And, but I pretty quickly, as I was learning it, had the desire to want to share it with other people, want to teach other people uh, about it. And so what I've realized over time is that I don't actually love web development. I like web development. I don't love web development as like my core essence. I really, 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 really like learning, but it's not actually my core, th- core interest because I don't enjoy learning if there's not some way for me to then turn around and teach that to somebody else. What I actually enjoy is teaching and all of those other things are in service of that, okay? So that is my essence. That's what my mind naturally gravitates towards. And I don't, at night, when I'm sitting there watching TV, my mind's always going back to, you know, how is this a lesson? What can I pull from this? What can I glean here? If, I, if I'm not careful, when I go to bed at night, I'll be up for hours going down a train of thought, something that I wanna teach or going over how I would teach something in my head Uh, if I wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes I'll end up being up for the rest of the night because my mind started thinking uh, about something like I have to really be careful in order to be able to get sleep to not let my mind go too far, uh, down that path because I'll just end up being getting two hours of sleep for like a week in a row. And then I just sort of die. So my mind naturally gravitates towards that. So I have a lot greater chance of maximizing that potential than I do anything else in my life. The other Part of that is imagine someone who is in the same space as me, but you know, when 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 the clock hits five o'clock, they check out, their mind goes to something completely different, you know, they're they're not thinking about it on the weekends, and it's this really regimented nine to five when they think about this thing. It's not their downstream focus. Over the long haul, who do you think's ultimately going to win in that game, just from a competitive perspective? probably the person who's constantly thinking about it, constantly working on it, always trying to improve, coming up with ideas, etc. So it just gives you a competitive uh, advantage as well. So again, downstream focus, what your mind naturally gravitates towards, just sort of pay attention to that. And that's one way that you can kind of figure out what it is that you're really meant to do that you can orient uh, your your business, your freelance services, etc. around. The other thing, uh, the other way that you can can do it is what's called your Friday night essence. So again, the idea behind Friday night essence is really simple. Friday night is the furthest from Monday. So if you're, you're working a, a job that you're not necessarily in love with, um, Friday night is when you're gonna be sort of the most euphoric, the most happy, because it's the furthest away from when you have to go back to that job uh, and, and doing that thing that you don't really like. And so your mind's naturally going to open up and it's going to gravitate towards doing the thing that you really want to do um, because you have the most time available to to be able to do it. You feel the most free to just be yourself and do what you want to do uh, on Friday night. And so the idea, again, is just write down some of the things that your mind naturally gravitates towards and do that for a couple weeks and just then just come back and look at the things that you wrote down. And from a logical point of view, just look at it and say, hmm, that's something that I really love doing, that I think most other people would consider work. So again, going back as an example for myself, when I first started learning web development, I'd spend many a nights up learning code, you know, writing code, etc. You know, Friday nights, Thursday nights, I, I would spend a ton of time up doing that, which most people would consider work, but I didn't. It didn't feel like that to me because I was excited to learn it, and then that ultimately fed, in being, fed into being able to teach it. Okay. So that was, that was something that became obvious to me as I went through that. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for something that, that most other people would consider work, but when you're doing it, it doesn't really feel like work to you. Like right now, recording this podcast, most people might think, feel like this is work. Like this is a job. This is what some people do, um, as a part of their work, as a part of their business, etc. that they have to do, but they don't necessarily really love it. Me, I could do this all day, every day. This energizes me. I like doing it. I try to figure out things to be able to talk about, to be able to get on and do it, right? So it just doesn't feel like work to me. That's a signal that that is the thing that you were meant to do. And so what happens when you then orient your life and your business, your how you make your livelihood around that essence is you tap into this, this, this source of almost of nearly unlimited um, productive, creative power and potential because your mind's naturally thinking about it, you're naturally focused on it, it's something you do, it doesn't feel like work, so you could do it for hours and hours and hours. And then you add on top of that uh, the fact that you're getting paid to do it. So now you're motivated by the livelihood side of things. So you put in the, the, the survival instinct, um, piece to it, that just sort of takes your natural love and your natural want to do it and just kind of puts it on steroids, right? It makes it even more so because now the more you do that thing you love, the more your lively, the more of your livelihood you're providing for, the more you make, you know, the more you things you get in life. And it just sort of feeds on itself. And that just opens you up to, Again, nearly limitless productive power to where you can just grind on this thing over and over and over and over and it doesn't bother you one bit. That's how you maximize. That's how you maximize your potential. That's how you actualize fully the potential that you set for yourself. And I would argue that most people, uh, they, they are in spaces where they're drastically limiting their potential and they're not in a space where even... 80% Eighty uh, percent of actualizing eighty percent of their potential uh, in a particular space is going to be more than a hundred percent of something else, right? So for most people, the 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 best thing for you to do, not just to be happier, not just to enjoy what you do, not all the esoteric like fun feeling things, but like the practical, the logical thing for you to do is to pursue your essence and do the thing you love because it's it's you're just gonna make more and you're going to have a better livelihood as a result of that, not just also be happier, right? So it's not this false dichotomy between be happy or or have a good life and make a good living, etc. You can actually do both, right? You just have to understand how to then take this essence that you figure out and tie that to something commercially viable. So I'll give you my shameless plug. I don't want to make this uh, all about it, but that's what I teach you in part one of my Freelance Feast course is how to take, how to figure out that essence, that, that thing you love, um, a number of exercises beyond what I've shared with you here to do that and then tie it to something commercially viable as a freelancing uh, service that you can provide to people so that you can make that how you 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 build your livelihood. And again, that's really the key to this whole idea of Freelance Feast, right? The idea behind that is all feast, no famine, meaning... The the fat feast-famine cycle that people talk about in freelancing, it doesn't have to be that way. There are things you can do, and the first part of that is tapping into that limitless, nearly limitless uh, productive power, doing something you love, so that you're grinding on it and you're performing at such a high level that you become a a dominant commodity in your space, in your industry, Um, and people are knocking down your door to work with you because... You're performing at such a high level because you're doing the thing that you love. So, that's like the source of everything. That's the key to everything um, from a very practical sense, but also from a more esoteric sense of you're just going to be happier and love what you do and and so forth. So, anyway, that's part one of the Freelance Feast course. If you're interested, you can just go to myjohn.us/slash feast. I'll put a link in the description as well. You can learn more about that. But, what I wanna impress upon you with all of this is just how critical it is to figure that out and not limit yourself by what your mind says, oh, is practical, or you can do, or nobody will ever pay me for that, etc. In some of my courses, I've talked about people who, who get paid to write messages on potatoes and send them to people. There was a rent-a-mourner service in the UK where people were renting, <laughs> would hire someone to come to, uh, somebody's funeral so it looked like they had more family members and friends etc like there's all sorts of weird services that are out there that people get paid for that you there's a lady uh well not just one lady but there's lots of people now on uh, fiverr who have tiktok gigs so the, they're getting paid to make tiktok videos for people and this one lady she does dance moves for the the tiktok videos so Again, there's all sorts of weird things. You need to put this idea of practical uh, out of your head. We've been browbeat so much by parents and teachers and you know political leaders, uh, uh, academics, etc. to to focus on go to you know to fit ourselves into this box. Go to school, uh, get a good job, get a nice house, get a nice car, live the the, the American dream or live the dream life, etc. 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 I'm just telling you from experience, it might be for you. Right, that might be what you really want. That might make you happy, but I w- I'm 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 doubtful that that when you reach that point, you'll actually feel uh, the way that you thought that you were going to felt. Especially if you get there by doing stuff that you just can't stand. So, something for you to consider. I know that this isn't something that you're going to be convinced of right away. You kind of have to walk. Uh, that path a little bit. But at least now having heard this, you have the information and you can keep your eyes open and pay attention. And if that doesn't does happen to you, you don't have sort of a little bit of a <laughs> a crisis of, of conscious where you're, you're like, wait, what's going on with me? It's normal. It's natural. It happens. And there's things that you can do uh, to adjust from there. And if you're brand new in life, I would recommend that you Uh, You know, if you're someone who's young, maybe just out of school or whatever, I would recommend that you think about this very heavily before you go down a particular career path. I have a son who's 19 years old um, and he came to visit uh, a month or so ago and was talking about how he was thinking about changing his major his whole life. He had talked about uh, getting into uh, astrophysics and working on rockets and doing all this stuff his whole life. He had talked about uh, this and then he said he was now considering switching his major. And I'm telling you the same thing that I told him. Don't let the all of the stuff that other people say about, oh, you can't switch your major. People who switch their major, uh, you know, a lot of times end up not graduating or you're somehow a bad person if you do this or that, or this is what you wanted to do your whole life. There's certainly something to be said for persistence, but, you know, that, That time in your life, you're figuring yourself out. So don't be afraid to switch up and change things up and really root around and dig around to try and figure out what it is that really you enjoy doing and you love doing. It doesn't have to be perfect. Don't don't get caught in paralysis uh, by analysis, right? But pick something and start down that path. I, for me, it was web development and eventually I figured out that it was teaching and now I'm in a space where I know exactly what I need to do. I love doing it on a daily basis uh, it provides for me; it's my livelihood, um, and I couldn't be happier. Uh, well, you know, with how how everything turned out, even though it took me a little bit uh, to get to that point. So, again, just want to put that information out there for you. So, it, it's something that if you ever face this, or if you're thinking about this, or considering this, um, it's something that that you now have at least a little bit of information um, about what it looks like, and you're not completely confused. So. There you go. Hopefully, that, that that's a little eye-opening for you and gives you a little bit of value. I appreciate you listening, we'll talk to you next time. Let me tell you how you can get a free copy of my book, Upwork Essentials. Start getting clients on Upwork in three days or less. So the book currently sells over on Amazon, $32 on paperback, $26 on Kindle, but you can get a free copy when you subscribe to my Freelancing Tips newsletter where I will send you daily freelancing tips and when you do that, I will give you a free digital copy of Upwork Essentials. So some of the things that you're going to learn inside the book, what I call the slipper statement. So this is a clever way to craft the opening line of your Upwork profile that's based on what psychoanalysts call the scarcity heuristic And what that does is helps you to immediately grab the attention of your clients and get them to actually read the rest of your profile, look through your portfolio, read your reviews and give you a fair shot when it comes to whether they want to hire you, invite you to their job, etc., which is 90% of the battle when getting hired on Hupwork because it's so competitive, people send out, uh, receive so many proposals, etc., You need a way to immediately grab their attention and get them to read yours. And that's what the slipper statement does. And using that principle of psychology, the scarcity heuristic. So that's one of the things that you'll learn inside of the book. I also give you a three day game plan now used by 7,258 other Upworkers to build your profile, write your first proposals, and get traffic to your Upwork profile so that you can potentially land your first client right away, not waiting around for Upwork, being aggressive, being proactive, and doing it yourself. Third thing, a simple trick I used to land a, a $2,198 project with my very first Upwork client. So while everybody else is telling you you gotta pay your dues, you gotta put in the time, you gotta do low-paying low jobs, et cetera, my very first client on Upwork, my very first project was $2,198. And I'm gonna show you how I did that So while everybody else fights for the lowball projects, you can breeze in and potentially take all of the high-paying gigs uh, from them. So that's just a few of the things that you'll learn inside the book. And again, like I said, you can get a free digital copy when you subscribe to my Freelancing Tips newsletter. To get that, just head on over to myjohn.us slash essentials. Again, that's myjohn.us slash essentials. uh, And you can get that free copy of the book.